12th, and this is your daily brief in world news. Here's everything you need to know. At a recent rally in South Carolina, former President Donald Trump made headlines with his suggestion that Russia should be allowed to attack NATO members who fail to meet their defense spending targets. This controversial stance has sparked a wave of criticism from key figures and institutions. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg, alongside the White House and Senators Joe Manchin and John Fetterman, quickly condemned Trump's comments, emphasizing the alliance's unwavering commitment to mutual defense and solidarity among member states. The remarks have fueled concerns about the future stability of NATO and the potential ramifications for international security should Trump secure a second term in office. President Joe Biden has responded to Trump's comments, describing them as distressing and dangerous. Biden's criticism underscores the fear that Trump's approach could severely undermine the principle of collective defense that is foundational to NATO. Trump's focus on defense spending by allies has raised alarms about the possibility of increased international volatility and a potential retreat by the U.S. from its global commitments. In response to these concerns, Congress has acted to safeguard the alliance's future, passing legislation that prohibits any president from withdrawing from NATO without Senate approval. This legislative move reflects the deep anxiety over Trump's commitment to the alliance and the unpredictable consequences his presidency could have on international relations. In a recent development, U.S. President Joe Biden has voiced concerns over Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's plans for a ground invasion of Rafah, a city in Gaza densely populated with refugees. Biden's cautionary stance highlights the need to ensure the safety of the 1.4 million Palestinians residing in the area, emphasizing the importance of prioritizing humanitarian aid for innocent civilians caught in the conflict. The proposed offensive by Israel has ignited fears of a potential humanitarian crisis, putting the lives of over a million refugees at risk. Furthermore, the U.S. government has labeled Israel's military actions as disproportionate, advocating for an increase in humanitarian aid to support the Gaza population. Amidst these developments, tensions continue to escalate. The U.S. remains firm on its demands for the protection of civilians and the resolution of hostage situations in Gaza. This stance is maintained even as the U.S. and Israel share a common objective in defeating Hamas. The situation in Gaza remains precarious, with the international community closely monitoring the unfolding events. Buckingham Palace has confirmed that King Charles III was diagnosed with cancer on February 5, 2024, and has already started his treatment. In a show of resilience and optimism, the king made his first public appearance since the diagnosis at St. Mary Magdalene Church. Alongside Queen Camilla, he attended Sunday Mass, offering smiles and waves to those gathered, demonstrating a positive front amidst personal health challenges. This appearance took place near Sandringham House, the king's current place of recuperation. Sandringham House, with its history as a private royal residence since 1862, provides a secluded and tranquil environment, crucial for the king's recovery and to minimize infection risks during his treatment. During this challenging time, King Charles III has expressed his gratitude for the overwhelming public support and has praised the work of cancer organizations, reflecting on how his personal battle has deepened his admiration for their efforts. However, this diagnosis brings uncertainty to the future of the monarchy and the king's ability to fulfill his official duties as he focuses on his health. 
Sandringham's extensive gardens and farms offer a peaceful backdrop for the king's recovery process, emphasizing the importance of a serene environment for healing. The royal family now faces the task of navigating this personal and public challenge, with the king's health at the forefront of their concerns. In a significant move by French President Macron, announced through Interior Minister Gerald Darmanin, France is set to end birthright citizenship in its overseas territory of Mayotte, located in the Indian Ocean. This decision comes as a response to escalating social unrest and deteriorating conditions on the island, which have been attributed to a combination of violence, illegal immigration, and poverty. The residents of Mayotte have expressed their concerns and frustrations by setting up roadblocks to protest against the insecurity they face, largely blaming the influx of migrants for these issues. The proposed reform to end birthright citizenship would require a change in the Constitution, a process that has already sparked a significant amount of controversy and opposition, particularly from the left. Meanwhile, right-wing political factions have shown support for the move, underlining the divisive nature of the proposed changes. Alongside this, the government is contemplating the implementation of a maritime iron curtain to prevent unauthorized entry into Mayotte as part of broader security measures. However, this decision has not been without its critics. Some political groups and human rights advocates have raised concerns about the fairness and implications of the proposed citizenship and security measures. Additionally, the French government's actions extend beyond the citizenship issue, targeting individuals and groups, including feminist associations and a rapper, for alleged support of terrorism, with 39 members of the far-right movement being placed in custody. It's important to note that these changes are specific to Mayotte, and the government has emphasized the necessity of cooperation with the neighboring Comoros to address the island's challenges in a comprehensive and sustainable manner. Israeli forces recently made a significant discovery beneath the Gaza headquarters of the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, or UNRWA, unearthing a 700-meter-long tunnel network. This tunnel, buried 18 meters deep, was not just a passageway but a fully operational command center for Hamas intelligence, complete with office spaces, computer servers, and industrial battery stacks. Alarmingly, one of the tunnel entrances was located near a UNRWA school, and the network was found to be siphoning electricity directly from the UNRWA site. Israeli intelligence has raised concerns about connections between numerous UNRWA staff members and Hamas, a claim that UNRWA disputes, calling for an independent inquiry into the matter. In the wake of this discovery, major donor countries have put a halt to their funding for UNRWA, and the Israeli military has taken control of the headquarters. This move has sparked a broader controversy and led to calls for new mechanisms to deliver aid to Gaza, amidst a backdrop of widespread destruction and a deepening humanitarian crisis in the region. The United Nations Secretary General has pledged a thorough investigation into the incident and has terminated cooperation with several UNRWA employees amid fears that humanitarian organizations could be infiltrated by militant groups. This situation underscores the complex challenges of providing aid in conflict zones and the importance of ensuring that humanitarian efforts are not exploited for military purposes. This has been your Daily Brief in World News. To read more about these stories, follow the links in the episode bio. You can also subscribe to these updates via email at www.brief.news. 
For more daily podcasts about the topics you love, visit brief.news forward slash podcasts. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be back with everything you need to know.